podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps with Boxing Social in partnership with FreeBets.com, Ready to Fight, Empire Fight Store, and Forged Irish Stout. And I'm joined now with the one and only Eddie Hearn. Eddie, welcome to Phoenix. We're back again. Mm, great place. Yeah. I mean, you were here for Bam Against Sunny. Really good fight town. I actually think, I know you've got your traditional spots, New York, Vegas, etc. But I think this is a really great fight town that really understands boxing and when you do a good show they turn up they buy tickets great atmosphere Saturday great fight really really good fight looking forward to it a lot of pressure on John Ryder I would say because for him to be able to sort of go on and get the fight that you were talking about like against Benavidez and Plant um, he's going to have to pull off a really good performance on the weekend a lot of people are not really giving him much of a chance against Munguia what do you have to say to that yeah I think there's a lot of pressure on Munguia um you know, he obviously, I think they feel the, the matchmaking is very tactical from them. And it's good matchmaking because if Jaime Munguia is, you know, as good as they say he is, they'll, they'll feel confident he's the favourite. If he can beat John Ryder well, they'll think they can call out Canelo Alvarez, which obviously makes sense. But I think it's a 50-50 fight. I think John Ryder has proved himself as a world-class operator. You know, unlucky to not get the nod against Billy Joe and Callum Smith. And we saw what he did against Canelo. He, he lost, you know well but was competitive particularly in the back end of the fight and you saw his confidence grow so I said to John earlier that there's no secrets in this fight Jaime Munguia's output is excellent you have to match him you have to hurt him and you have to try and win rounds and that's difficult to do against someone that has great output so I think Jaime Munguia is a brilliant fight I love watching him but I, I like John's chance in this fight and I think after the Canelo fight when you've experienced something like that, 70,000 in, in Guadalajara, like you just you grow. And, and I think you know, I think he's got a great chance. John was saying, uh, the last time I spoke to him last week, he wishes that he did have the Canelo fight just yeah. five years earlier, yeah. he said. It's not even that. It's just like just different experiences going to that fight. You saw him grow in that fight. You saw like his nose was busted to pieces. He bit down on the gum shield. He probably won two or three rounds and they all come in the back half of the fight like you know the, the last four or five rounds were very competitive in that fight and he took the best that Canelo had to offer that night and soaked it up and, and kept firing back so um, I think that you always want to be younger and fresher but what John has now is experience and confidence at that top level so you're up against it because you're away from home and Munguia like I said is a great fighter but I think it's a great fight I really think it's a going to be a great fight to watch win also could secure him a fight with Edgar Berlanga, which obviously yeah. would be easy for you to make. Yeah, and you know, John's at the stage of his career, he wants the biggest fights. He's so nice to see. It's difficult, because when you've got someone that, like, we've known John, when I started promoting, and I signed Darren Barker, John Ryder was in the gym with, with Darren, and he's been with Tony Sims for a long, long time, and, you know, we're very fond of him at Matchroom. He's, like, part of the family, and obviously we're very close to Tony. And all we ever want to do is make sure these guys obviously get their shot at legacy, but also can walk away from the sport with a lot of money, yeah. with houses, and sending their kids to the school they want to send them to, and, and etc. And when John, when we got John the Danny Jacobs fight, I thought this is it, you know. And it, it was a good payday. He beat Danny Jacobs, and I was like, well, finally, now he's going to get Canelo, or he's going to get. And it took a long time. Eventually, he had to fight Zach Parker where he beat him, then he got mandatory for Canelo Alvarez, he got his payday, and now it's led him to another one. But 
at this stage in your career, it's just that, that's how it works. A great performance here, particularly a victory. You know, Samson Leskovic just come up to me and said, hey, if you win, Benavides. And, and that's, you know, they're, they're big money fights, and that's what John's fighting for now. So, you know, it's, it's always at this level, winner stays on. And, yeah, I like his chances. Last week I was in camp with uh, Tony and John and Connor, and um, Connor is ready for all the smoke, man. <laughs> like you could just—he is ready. Like you could tell, he's like uh, he's been held back. He's like, I want all the names, and all the names want him too. Do you know one that stood out to me was I did ask him about. It. I was like, look, you know, Teofimo was obviously looking to possibly make a fight with Terence at 147. I was like, would you fight him? And he's like, hell yeah, you'd fight him. Connor's going to walk himself into a massive fight. I mean, he does my head in because, you know, it's been a very difficult period navigating, you know, he obviously since he won his case with, with UCAD, the appeals coming up. You know, we feel like he's been restricted in the UK. That's another story. So then he has to come to America. You know, then we have five weeks till this date is here. So we go with Dobson, who's 16, 17 and 0. Talks a great game. It's going to be fireworks next week. But there's no doubt Connor Ben wants a, a big fight. He wants a mega fight. You know, we know it baffles me that we still can't get the Eubank fight made, but that's down to Chris Eubank Jr. You know, you've got Kel Brook. You've got uh, Jerron Ennis is a monster fight for him. You've got, you know, we were talking uh, earlier this week about Stanionis. You know, Barros is a fight that he likes as well. So literally, like, there isn't a person that he wouldn't fight. So the key for Connor is keeping him active. He Let's, wants four this year. No, he will get four this year. But we've also got to get through next Saturday <laughs> in, in uh, Vegas. So, look, he's exciting. You know, I mean, you only got to watch him on the pads. You know what he's going to bring in. That fight with Dobson will be a shootout. And I'm hoping he comes through in style. And he'll be on me. You know, and we've got, like, we've got to all produce. Connor's got to produce. We've got to produce. We've been through hell and back. And now the smoke is clearing. And it's time to make sure we get what we deserve. His Excellency Turkey Ali Sheikh is uh, shaking things up in boxing. A <laughs> um, lot going on there. One of the most, I guess, fun I events that's coming up is going to be you and Frank Warren, five versus five. Frank said that the winner of that sort of exposes who has the better stable. What do you make of that? Do you know, it's really funny because um, already I had a long call with George this morning and we're talking about the matchups and it's like, we want the best card, right? But we also want to win. So he's, like, suggesting some fights to me. And I'm thinking, hang on, like, you're the strong favourite in all those fights. What about, you know... And it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant concept. It really is. And actually, you know, I was in um, Las Vegas a couple of days ago with Maurizio Suleiman and the other promoters. And PBC were there and Aaron was there. And they were talking about doing a similar thing. Myself and Oscar do it. Like, it works. It's a, good, it's a fun concept. Um... And His Excellency, you know... The promoters will hold the belt this time. Yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, um, His excellent. Uh, there's a lot of people who, oh, they're, they're talking about His Excellency, they're talking about Turkey, I'll show, you know, oh, it's, it's like a, you know, a, a loving where it's just, thank you, His Excellency. But this guy's really unique, like, and it's not just someone who has a big budget. This is someone that has an unbelievable passion for boxing. Like, and the depth of that knowledge, you know, is, is quite incredible to the level of British title fights, you know, prospects. He knows everyone and everything. And for us, it's so exciting to sit down with him 
and watch him draw up his idea of how cards should look. And we're like, like we could never do that. We could never put these fight cards on with the depth that they have. And he has a, a really um, obsessive passion and vision for the sport. And it's really, like, it's exciting. It's so exciting. And listen, people will say, yeah, it's the money. And Yeah, of course. Of course, everyone's making a lot of money from boxing. The fighters, predominantly. But it's, it's just, like, what we want to do, week in, week out, he has the ability to do. I, mentioned, I know Frank mentions that possibly Joshua versus Fury, if both come out successful, to pay, possibly headline that card. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think June 1st is going to be a fast turnaround. But that's the fight that... You know, if you want it for June 1st? Well, June 1st is obviously better be over against Bivol, but you know, there's talks of whether, when, when our one will land as well. Could it be June? Could it be back end of, of uh, Riyadh season? But if you just imagine, His Excellency wants the biggest fights that can be made. And if Joshua beats Nganu in style and Fury beats Usyk, the whole world is going to say Joshua against Fury. And you know that His Excellency will want to deliver that for, for the world and for fight fans. And what happens now with British boxing, given that a lot of the big cards that would normally feature as um, summer Wembley events are now moving over to Saudi Arabia? Well, I think that when you look at the actual cards, the ones that are getting made, I don't think can get made in the UK. So, like, for example, I mean, outside of Joshua Walin, you know, that, that card certainly couldn't get made in the UK, but that fight could have. But... Fury and Garnu, Joshua and Garnu, Fury Usyk, Fury AJ potentially. Like these fights are being able to be made in Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure they could get made in the UK. We have to. And you know, I was talking to George this morning about should we look at doing an additional Matchroom v Queensbury show in the UK because we need to make sure that boxing continues to thrive here. You know, and I think that is a concern. Because and that's very important to us, not just from a business perspective, but also from a, you know, the fact that we're Brits. Like we don't want to just take every fight to Saudi Arabia, but when they can do these special things and say to me and Frank, right, here's, you know, I want your best to be your best. Like we couldn't necessarily do that in the UK, but I think it's a concept that will move back to the UK and allow us to do more and more. So there's definitely a, you know. Um, a level of thinking from us that we need to maintain a strong UK schedule and as we go into you know we've got a nice card with Dortmund Smith and Zapida and Sandy Ryan against Harper Jordan Gill against Elfa Barrett but we still need bigger fights you know Taylor Cameron 3 Wood Warrington Connor Ben in a massive fight we'd like those all to come in the first half of 2024 and as long as we can do that we'll be fine but you know we're getting massive fights and we're getting them on UK time zones so for British fight fans you know I, I get we need to make sure that we maintain a strong schedule, but we are getting the fights that we want to see. Um, you just mentioned now some of the cards that are coming up for Matchroom. Um, what did you make of Teofimo sort of taking a shot at you and DAZN about your, the budget and so forth? He's a really strange guy. Like, I, I, I mean, bear in mind, I've met Teofimo Lopez. I mean, he boxed on my show, maybe like Hello a couple of times, like two or three times. Never met the guy. He seems to be completely obsessed. And it all comes down to the fact that he lost to George Cambosis on my show. And after that show, he said, if that was a top-ranked show, I would have won that fight. That was a stitch-up from Matram and DAZN. They wanted me to lose. And from that moment, he's had it in his head that DAZN and Matram made him lose the fight against George Cambosis. I mean, uh, and that's the only thing. So, 
I think he needs to just focus on Jermaine Ortiz. I mean, I think he's a brilliant fighter. I can't give him enough credit. He just doesn't sell. And, and that, that's probably one of the criticisms that I've had in return to his comments that he doesn't like either. But um, he's, a, he's a great talent. He's a great personality. He's just, you know, got a little bit of a... I don't know the word to use really, bit of an obsession with Matram and zone. You know, if he's that obsessed, maybe we'll bring him on board. <laughs> Lastly, I'm, I know people are waiting for you. Just a quick update on uh, Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall. They are back at it again online. Um, anything anything new to add? I mean, we, you know, I want to give Jack the opportunity to make that fight. Obviously, with the money that those guys want, it needs to be really a pay per view fight in the UK. I don't feel like DAZN feel that it's a pay-per-view fight in the UK, but another broadcaster might. So we're talking to Sam, and you know, I just want Jack to get the fight. So whatever way it has to be done, hopefully we can get it made. Um, I don't think it will land on DAZN, but who knows? We'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. All right, Eddie Hearn, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and hopefully we'll be able to, my words, be able to catch up with you post-fight. No thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.